Good afternoon, Lafayette. Joe Cunningham here for the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL with you until 4 o'clock today. Glad to be in the studio. It's still another warm one outside. Uh, but I'm just seeing clouds uh, in the forecast. I'm not seeing much rain here on Bertrand Drive. So there's a there, there's something positive there, unless you need the rain to help break some of the heat, in which case, well, it hasn't worked for the past few days. I don't think it's going to work now. 232-1542, if you want to call in and be part of the conversation. Well, <clears throat> we um, we knew it was coming. We knew that we were going to get this news, and it's still disappointing. There will be no veto override session in Baton Rouge. There will be as much of a veto override as there is leadership in Baton Rouge. It's... It's strange to have such a Republican majority in the House and Senate and not be able to pull off something as simple as a veto override session. Even if you can't get the veto overrides, it should be incumbent on Republicans to get a veto override session together and make it happen and put everybody on the record. That's what's infuriating. You know, Jeff Sadow and Moon had this conversation on Moon's show this morning. Sadow also had a column up at Red uh, up at the Hayride today and kind of saying the same thing there. A veto override session is about overriding the governor's veto. That is true. But there's something deeper as well. It's about accountability. Anybody can go and vote for a controversial conservative issue that they know the governor is going to veto. They know a Democratic governor would veto it. Everybody can go do that. You can be a Democrat and vote for it to make your conservative voters back home happy. The real test is whether or not you're going to continue to support that position in a veto override session. And you know what happened? A bunch of legislators decided they were going on vacation and some of them scheduled surgeries or doctor's appointments or anything for the time that we would be having a veto override session. And yes, those politicians need to be held accountable. They need their constituents to ask them why. Why would you schedule your vacation, your trip, when you know a veto override session is something you're going to have to vote on and presumably take part in as somebody we elected into office to fight on certain issues. Yes, it's bad on them to do that. They will not be held accountable for the fact that they could not back up their supposedly conservative votes. But again, as it has continuously been, as we have seen over and over and over, this is a lack of leadership. The legislature has no conservative Republican leadership. It has leaders with the R behind their name. But there is no conservative leadership. If there was conservative leadership there, you bet they would be whipping up votes. They would be whipping up the votes to have a veto override session. They would be telling their membership before the session's even over, look, we're going to have a veto override session. If you've scheduled anything, you're going to need to reschedule it. Or even before the session, say, hey, remember, these, this is the timetable for a veto override session. 
please be sure that you don't schedule anything for this time period. That's what leaders would do. Leaders would make sure that their people are going to be around for it. It doesn't matter if the Democrats decide to schedule a vacation for a veto override session. That's on them. That just makes it easier for you to be able to do it. But the Republican leadership in the legislature cannot make it happen. They refuse to make it happen. We need leadership. I know I'm repeating myself on this. But y'all, we are a year away from really being in to the election cycle. For 2023, for the governor's mansion, for the legislature, we are a year away. This is the second to last legislative session before that election. And our legislators and our legislative leaders cannot muster a veto override session to at least put people on the record as supporting or opposing key conservative issues. You cannot say that Republicans have a near supermajority or near veto-proof majority in the House or Senate. You can't say that. You can't say they have a near veto-proof majority in the legislature. Because there are a lot of Republicans who aren't voting Republican. And voting against a veto override session is not voting Republican. Voting against a veto override session is complacency. It's the status quo. It's saying, oh, well, you know, we just can't do much about it right now. He vetoed it. I mean, what? You know, I'm going to go to the beach. That's not leadership. That's not being a Republican. That's not being a conservative. There are several issues that should be readdressed. Should they all, should all the vetoes be overridden? I don't know. I don't know all the issues. There are a few, a few that I want to see. There are a few measures that I'm really disappointed didn't even make it in the first place. But the Democrats essentially still run the legislature. John Bell Edwards still essentially runs the legislature. I'm going to veto these things and nothing's going to happen. There's going to be no accountability for it whatsoever. My agenda is safe. By the way, I need another tax proposal. Hey, Paige Cortez, can you put that on the ballot? Can you put that in front of uh, the legislature for me? Hey, Clay Shaxnotter, can you put that in front of the, the legislature for me? That's where we are. John Bell Edwards still gets to have his way. It is unfortunate. You have a Democratic governor in the mansion, in the governor's mansion in Louisiana, a deep red state, and you cannot whip your chamber to vote for a veto override session so that you can undo some of the vetoes that Democratic governor made on issues that your voters really want to see passed. That is an absolute failure on the part of our legislative leaders in Baton Rouge. 
And it's why Republicans don't deserve the House and the Senate in Louisiana. And right now, I'm not sure Republicans deserve the governor's mansion. I would like for them to get it. I'm not sure they deserve it. I'm not sure the Louisiana Republican Party deserves any of your support or any of my support. Their candidates, their, do their candidates deserve any of our support? There is no accountability from the state party, from the party leadership, from the uh, legislative leadership, nothing. 232-1542, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, is a pro-abortion group targeting pro-life pregnancy centers in Louisiana? Maybe. Let's talk about that when we come back here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. If you want to, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. And if you want to get my daily columns, you can get that via email by going to kitchenpundits.substack.com. I've got to do more on the kitchen part of that. I think I'll have to start writing up some more recipes and sending those out. Uh, but go, go sign up there to receive my emails daily. So I mentioned a few weeks back, around the time of, I think we were expecting the Dobbs decision, that pro-life pri- uh, pregnancy centers were being attacked by vandals. Uh, there's a group called Jane's Revenge that has claimed responsibility for several of those attacks. There's a whole Jane's Revenge website where they put up blog posts basically pointing out uh, what they've been doing. They've been calling these pro-life pregnancy centers uh, fake clinics because they claim, they don't, well, they don't provide health care. Why? Because they don't provide abortions. It's really funny to call abortion reproductive health when the very act of reproduction is completely ended with a, with an abortion. I've always thought that was weird. But anyway, a, uh, a pregnancy center, pro-life pregnancy center in Baton Rouge, new, uh, Woman's New Life Clinic uh, in Baton Rouge, was attacked allegedly by Jane's Revenge. Uh, Louisiana Right to Life, uh, so WBRZ had this up on their site. Uh, Louisiana Right to Life has posted pictures and released a statement on it. Uh, last, uh, late last night, uh, Women's New Life Clinic in Baton Rouge was attacked allegedly by Jane's Revenge, a dangerous pro-abortion group that targets pregnancy centers. The group is responsible for other attacks across the country, including arson and firebombing. The messages in the pictures on the page uh, plastered on the building included the number one uh, included the number one three one two and the phrase ACAB which is an acronym uh, uh, using vile language against cops basically uh, the message also included the words abortion is a right woman's new life clinic is a professional medical and mental health clinic with locations in New Orleans and Baton Rouge providing free nurturing care to women in unplanned pregnancies as well as additional low-cost women's health services such as STI testing and treatment, well-woman care, urgent gynecologic care, and more. These attacks have been happening across the country. I haven't seen anything on Jane's Revenge yet, uh, or anything on their website yet, but um, we will. I, I'm, I'm kind of keeping an eye out just to see if they post anything. The last post on their website... Um, 
was on was was dated uh, July eighth. There may be something more recent than that, but it is um, it's very disturbing to see that the pro life groups, the places that provide all sorts of services are getting routinely attacked, not just by domestic terror groups like Jane's Revenge, but by our our politicians in Washington, D.C. Elizabeth Warren has gone out frequently and attacked them, has called for them to be investigated. You know, other other politicians, other Democratic politicians in D.C. have questioned these pro-life pregnancy centers, call them crisis pregnancy centers. And they try to delegitimize them rhetorically, because they don't provide abortions. But you know what they do provide? All the things that Democrats say Republicans don't care about, conservatives, pro-lifers don't care about when it comes to a pregnancy. These pro-life pregnancy centers, many of them across the country, offer not just screenings, not just assistance through the pregnancy, Vitamins, diapers, uh, discount or free formula for newborn babies. They help with, uh, even through the first few years, in some cases, of motherhood. They offer all sorts of assistance to expecting unexpected mothers They offer all kinds of service to new mothers. And because the left is being disproven on their claims that pro-lifers don't care about uh, what actually happens to the mother or the child during or after pregnancy, they just want to control women's bodies. Because pro-life pregnancy centers disprove those left-wing talking points, they now have to delegitimize or even attack and burn these clinics to the ground, vandalize them. This is not healthy behavior. This is not healthy societal behavior. This is a cult whose religion has been attacked and they are not handling it well at all. The Democrats' problem here, as I mentioned yesterday, is that abortion is barely registering on the charts. Abortion barely registers in the polls. 5% of Americans, almost consistently in most of the polling you see, 5% of Americans care about the abortion issue as their main issue. And as a result of the Democrats focusing on that, they are losing support virtually everywhere else because they are focusing on things like abortion, things that voters don't actually care about. Trying to set up abortion clinics on federal lands or set up a floating abortion clinic out in the Gulf of Mexico in federal waters does nothing to alleviate the pain you're still feeling at the pump, even though, hooray, the prices have gone down below $4 in some places. 
still way higher than it was a year ago or when Biden took office. Setting up abortion clinics on federal land outside of state jurisdiction doesn't do anything to help with the economy, doesn't do anything to help inflation. Doesn't do to help anything to help with supply chain issues and shortages. But that's what they want to focus on. That is what's important to them because their cult has been attacked. And now their cultists are going out and bombing and uh, setting on fire and vandalizing abortion clinics around the country, including here in Louisiana. I haven't seen any definitive proof that Jane's Revenge is behind it. I'm not even sure if there's definitive proof that Jane's Revenge really exists or if it's just a group of people acting in its name. But what we do know is that this is a cult. We're at our bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, it's Taco Tuesday. So let's make fun of the First Lady of the United States. All that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. The First Lady of the United States, Dr. Jill Biden, giving a speech yesterday at the Latinx Inclusion Conference, says that the Hispanic community is as unique as tacos. Specifically, she was trying to be as inclusive as possible, uh, said that the Hispanic community is unique as bodegas in Brooklyn uh, and breakfast tacos in San Antonio or something like that. And she is under fire today. The National Association of Hispanic Journalists was not happy. Uh, here is their statement. Uh, the National Association of Hispanic Journalists encourages uh, the First Lady of the United States and her communications team to take better time or take time to better understand the complexities of our people and communities. We are not tacos. Our heritage as Latinos is shaped by various di uh, diasporas, cultures, and food traditions. Do not reduce us to, to stereotypes. The full statement, using breakfast tacos to, to try to demonstrate the uniqueness of Latinos in San Antonio, demonstrates a lack of cultural knowledge and sensitivity to the diversity of, of Latinos in the region. NHAG uh, encourages Dr. Biden and her speechwriting team to take the time in the future to better understand the complexities of our people and communities. We are not tacos. Our heritage as Latinos is shaped, et cetera. Okay, so this is why the Biden administration, the Democrats, are losing Hispanic voters. This is why they are losing Hispanic voters by droves in the polling. Hispanic voters don't like being put into one cohesive block. We talk about people who are from Central and South America as Hispanic voters. But when you think about it, what are Hispanic voters? There are, there are none. There are Cuban-American voters. There are Mexican-American voters. There are Brazilian-American, uh, uh, all, all sorts, uh, Colombian uh, voters, all of them. All different groups, all different interests. And they 
all those different groups, all those different interests are leaving the Democratic Party because the Democrats have mistreated that block. They have taken advantage. They have assumed that they had a permanent political majority because Hispanic voters were on their side. And so these Hispanic voters are being talked down to. They're being all grouped together. They're being referred to as Latinx, which does not exist. It's impossible to say in Spanish. It completely negates the, the culture and heritage of the Spanish language, which is gendered. And it's a reason why you, Republicans can expect Hispanic support in November. What's more, if you remember, a couple weeks ago had the former uh, president of, or the, the former governor of Puerto Rico on with us to talk about Puerto Rican statehood. He's deeply conservative. Puerto Rico is actually fairly conservative right now. And you have a lot, a lot of Republicans who understand that. There's a historic bill before Congress right now that would allow Puerto Rico to vote on whether to stay U.S. territory, become a state, or become independent. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has been a significant source of delay for that bill. That's why we haven't had a vote on it yet. Cortez, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez understands that Puerto Rico is conservative. So as much as the Democrats want to make more Hispanic voters part of the U.S., they understand that the voting record of Puerto Rico is not in their favor. And if Puerto Rico becomes a state, that's one, potentially two more Republicans in the Senate. Another representative from the Republican Party in the Senate. Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, several, uh, uh, Marco Rubio, several Republican politicians, particularly those from Florida, all recognize that Puerto Rican statehood is good for the Republican Party. They also recognize that Puerto Rican independence is also good. And everybody can agree that being a territory is not good. But Republicans actually do want to see Puerto Rican statehood. One, it's the right thing to do. And two, it benefits the Republican Party. And it flies in the face of the Democrats believing they had a permanent political majority with Hispanic voters. Once again, assuming all Hispanic voters all voted the same way and they all wanted the Democrats to, uh, to run the country. When the Democrats are advocating policies that many of these Hispanic voters escape their own home countries to get away from. Democrats are losing Hispanic voters. You know another reason that Democrats are losing Hispanic voters? Because a Democratic abortion witness, um, a professor, Professor Kiara Bridges, appeared before the Senate, asked by, uh, by John Cornyn, do you think a, a baby delivered alive has value? 
Democratic abortion witness. Yes. Uh, this is Bridges saying yes. Corden then asked, do you think that a baby that is not yet born has value? And the abortion witness says, I believe a, that a person with the capacity for pregnancy has value. What does that even mean? What does that mean? A person with the capacity for pregnancy. Can't say woman. That's not inclusive enough. Have to say Latinx because that's inclusive. Despite the fact that the term makes Hispanic voters run away because Hispanic voters know that there is a man and that there is a woman. And that women get pregnant. Later. Later. In that same, uh, in that same hearing, she asks um, uh, Josh Hawley asks, "Why can't you say woman?" And her response is that the question, "What is a woman?" or "Is is a person who gives birth a woman?" is transphobic and will cause trans people harm. She will not answer the question. Which is very weird. Because the left would normally say, well, whether it's a cis woman or a trans woman, someone who's born a woman or someone who decides they are a woman, all women are capable or have the capacity for pregnancy. But now you can't even say that. Now you can't even say that. Because what about a trans man who still has the reproductive plumbing of a woman? A man can get pregnant. According to their... So they can't even say that. They have to say a person with the capacity for pregnancy. And you wonder why voters, not just Hispanic voters, but voters across the spectrum are running away from the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party can't focus on the issues affecting everybody, so they are focusing on abortion, they are focusing on insane trans rhetoric that makes no sense. But they believe that you are the bigot if you don't agree with them. Let's go ahead and take a break here on the Joe Cunningham Show. When we get back, if you'd like to call in, 232-1542, would love to hear from you here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL, 232-1542, if you want to call in and be part of the program. Uh, so earlier today, the January 6th committee, or maybe it's still going, I'm not, I haven't paid attention to any of these hearings, and I'm not going to. Uh, but once again... Once again, they have their quote-unquote damning evidence that Trump has links to the extremist groups or whatever that caused a riot at the Capitol. The overarching theme from Democrats is that it's up to the Republican Party, it's up to the American voters to stop the rise of Donald Trump once again. I have a friend who writes for a, a, a fairly major publication, conservative publication. Um, and I'm, I'm on an email list and, and he, he writes something on this email list. And I'm going to crib from it a little bit, expecting that it will appear in his newsletter somewhere down the line. 
Donald Trump first came on the scene as a conservative presidential candidate in 2015, seven years ago. Seven years of Donald Trump being a part of the conservative movement, of being a Republican contender for president. Seven years. Why is it up to me to stop Donald Trump? There is no indication from the January 6th committee that they're going to lay out something indictable. None whatsoever. They would hope that Merrick Garland picks up on their subtle or not so subtle hints and indicts. And they'll come out and recommend it at the end. But time after time after time after time, the Democrats have failed to actually do something about Donald Trump. The January 6th hearings that you hear right now, if you, had all, if you had done the work and had all this evidence right then, you could have made a better impeachment argument the second time against Donald Trump. You claim that he commits crimes by the very act of breathing day in and day out. Why haven't you done anything, Democrats? You say he's a tax cheat. Why hasn't the IRS done anything about it? Why has the full weight of a Democratic-controlled government not actually done something about Donald Trump? Why is it up to the American voters to do what the Democratic Party cannot do while it controls the government? If this guy is such a career criminal, why can't the people in charge of the reins of government do something about it? Do you know why? It's because they need Trump. The Democrats need Trump. The Democrats want Trump to actually declare that he's running for president again. There's whisper campaigns and actually open speculation at media outlets right now that Donald Trump's about to declare. And I don't know if he is going to declare that he's running in 2024 or not, but they want him to. Do you know why? Because if Donald Trump declares his campaign for presidency right now, the midterms turn on a dime. It's no longer about the economy. It's no longer about inflation. It's no longer about gas prices. It's no longer about supply chain issues. It's no longer about the stuff going on around the country that has voters furious. It then becomes once again about Donald Trump. And in 2020, voters decided they were done with Donald Trump. They wanted something different. And look at what they got when they got something different. They got something worse. The Democrats are not really interested in getting rid of Donald Trump. The Democrats are not interested at all in Donald Trump escaping the scene. They're not interested in actually indicting and getting rid of their Donald Trump problem. What they want is Donald Trump, the campaign issue. They want Trump, the campaign issue. If they get Trump, the campaign issue, if they're actually successful in getting Donald Trump to declare his candidacy before the 2022 midterms, that's way better. The January 6 hearings won't stop. They will keep being an issue. The Democrats will keep going with it. 
The January 6th committee has no interest in actually putting a stop to Donald Trump, whatever his crimes may be. The voters aren't the one who gave Donald Trump millions of dollars of free advertising when they covered when when the media covered him nonstop. That was all the media. That was all Joe Scarborough. That was all CNN. That was all the liberal news outlets who wanted to make a clown show the Republican presidential nominee. And look what happened. He beat Hillary in 2016. And now what are they doing? They're turning around and doing the exact same thing to Ron DeSantis. They actually have their Ron DeSantis is worse than Donald Trump talking points out there now. Their columns out there now. Oh my God, somebody worse than Donald Trump. You know what makes Ron DeSantis worse than Donald Trump, according to Jonathan Chait and the other liberals out there writing about him? The fact that he's smart. The fact that he wins political battles and he, he uses great tactics against the media and against the Democrats. That he has won independent voters. That's what makes him smart. That's what makes him, quote, more dangerous than Trump. It's not up to me, it's not up to you to get rid of Donald Trump. It's up to the Democrats. They have control of government. If he is a criminal, indict him, get rid of him. But they don't actually want to do that. We have a real quick minute before we have to go. We've got Renee on the line. Renee, how are you today? Okay, uh, I want to say, if I'm getting another sponsor woman, one of the criteria I have is they, they never had an abortion. The last wife I had, she passed away. She never been right in the head. She's always been guilty about it. She said she was pressured by her in-law and her husband to get it cornered at the hospital. She always regretted it. One day asked the women that have abortion how hot and wonderful and great it is after they have it. These people are out pro-abortion people out to make money, and they don't care about the people they're using to do it. Yeah, Renee, you're absolutely right. Thank you very much for the call. One thing to note, one thing to note, every time there are undercover people who go into Planned Parenthood clinics, pro-life groups have gone undercover into Planned Parenthood clinics over and over again, and each time they say, I, I think I want to keep the baby, I just need some help, they have on video Planned Parenthood workers encouraging them to get the abortion. They want you to have the abortion. That's how they get their money. Renee, you're absolutely right. It is all about the money. And that's going to do it for today, 23 hours until the next Joe Cunningham show. But don't worry, I'll be back on in a few minutes with Shannon Wilkerson here on Offsides. You guys tune in for that. In the meantime, Twitter.com, at uh, Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Check out the podcast version of the show on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.